Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two ministers of God's economy who served together in China for nearly 20 years. Watchman Nee was imprisoned by the Chinese government in 1952 and remained there until his death in 1972. Following his imprisonment, Witness Lee carried on this ministry in Taiwan and eventually in America and ultimately around the world. He served the Lord for more than 70 years before going to be with him in 1997. His major contribution was through a 21-year labor he called Life Study, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible. This program is based on those messages. Before we join today's show, we'd like to give you our website where you can find more programs just like this one. It's lsmradio.org. Again, lsmradio.org. Radio.org. Now, here's our show today. Inserted in the record of Numbers, where Jehovah formed and set his army, is the account of his divine provision for the people. This was not the material provision of food and water. That had already been accomplished. This was the provision of two necessary items. For the people to approach him, God provided several different offerings. But from God to his people, he provided the holy anointing oil, a marvelous compound that was to be spread or painted onto all of the holy utensils, even onto the tabernacle itself. This ointment is so rich in its symbolism, yet it's nearly ignored completely by readers and even many ministers of God's word. We'll spend the next half hour to see it, to appreciate it, and by the Lord's mercy, even to experience it. Bob Danker has joined us for this life study from the Book of Numbers. Bob, welcome back. It's good to be back, Chris. And this matter of the anointing ointment in the Old Testament is a matter of tremendous significance, and it's a crucial matter for us to experience in our Christian life. I'm very happy that we're touching this matter today. Well, as our listeners have gathered, Bob, this ointment, this holy anointing oil, is our subject today. And it was applied to all the uh, items, and as we said, even the tabernacle got coated with this holy anointing oil. Critical to the understanding of our message today, I think, is the meaning of what this ointment typifies to us. Uh, Bob, the ointment is described in its composition in Exodus 30, but without taking a lot of time, why don't you give us a quick summary of this holy anointing compound? Yes, Chris, in Exodus 30, I think it's verses 23 through 25, God commanded Moses to make an ointment. This ointment was composed of one hin of olive oil plus four different spices. The olive oil was a symbol in the Bible of God's Spirit, who has only the divine element. And to this olive oil, four different spices were added to make a compound. And that compound was to be used to anoint the tabernacle and all the furnishings and even the priests to sanctify them so that they could be separated unto God. So this ointment is a tremendous picture of the Spirit of God after the triune God passed through the processes of incarnation, 
human living, crucifixion, and resurrection, so that the Spirit whom we receive today is the compound Spirit, the Spirit of the consummated triune God who has passed through so many processes. This one comes into us to anoint us with all the rich elements of what he is. Uh, Bob, correct me if I'm not uh, mistaken, but that is why even in the New Testament when Paul and the other writers were referring to the Spirit there, particularly Paul would use such phrases now in the New Testament as the Spirit of Jesus or the Spirit of Jesus Christ or the Spirit of Christ, implying the addition of these wonderful elements to the original pure olive oil. You're absolutely right, Chris. These titles, the Spirit of Jesus Christ, show that this Spirit includes humanity, the humanity of Jesus plus all that Jesus has experienced as a man. Mm, I love this picture, Bob. It's tremendous. Okay, we are in Numbers, and uh, chapter 7, verse 1, will give us at least a good indication of where we're headed today. And that verse says, And on the day that Moses had finished setting up the tabernacle, and had anointed it, and had sanctified it and all its furnishings and the altar and all its utensils, and had anointed them and sanctified them. How about we go to Witness Lee? From chapter 7 through half of chapter 9, in these two and a half chapters, what are recorded just could be considered as the divine provision. His divine provision, the ointment. You have to realize in the entire Bible, the greatest provision God prepared for his redeemed. Is this provision, the triune God passing through all the processes and consummated into this anointing ointment? This is God himself. God himself in his trinity passing through all processes and consummated into such an ornament. The tabernacle and the altar, they belong to God, yet without being anointed, these items are still separate from God himself. They don't have anything of God. They don't have God life. They don't have God nature. They don't have anything God has accomplished has obtained and has attained. To anoint is just to put the process God into you and upon you and even to mingle him with you. Just like you put the paint on an article. Here is a stand made of wood. You put the paint on it. One coat of paint another coat of paint, another coat of paint, after five coats. This article becomes fully one with the paint. And from this time onward, this wooden article bears the nature, the element, the characteristics of the paint, and especially bears its color and expression. It is wooden, but you couldn't see the wood. What you can see is all the elements, essences 
of the paint. You see the appearance. You see the color. And also the elements, the essential substance of the components of the paint is here made one with the wooden article. This was the reason why God made the tabernacle and the altar. Now, God came in to paint it. To anoint means to paint. God came in to paint these two articles. With what? With himself. Bob, there's a New Testament reference to anointing. We're going to come to it later in the program, but I will just introduce it, I think, for our listeners who, who may know what I'm talking about. In 1 John chapter 2, a couple of places, but in verse 20 it says, and you have an anointing from the Holy One. A common understanding of the anointing, Bob, is this is just the moving of the Spirit upon or within an individual. But what we just heard takes it another step. It certainly implies the moving of the ointment of the compound of the spirit but there's the addition or the application that you see from his example of painting isn't there yes chris certainly the anointing as an active word really signifies or indicates the moving of the ointment but the result of this moving is an actual applying of this ointment to the article that is anointed. And he used the example of painting a piece of wood or a wooden stand. You apply the paint coat after coat to this wood, and eventually the elements of the paint are joined to the wood and even to some extent penetrate into the wood so that the paint, uh, the ointment, becomes one with that article that it was applied to. And not only that, but the article that is painted takes on the appearance of the paint. So that what you see with the painted piece of wood is not the wood, but the paint. This is a very good illustration of what happens when the spirit, the compound spirit, the consummated spirit of the triune God moves within us. The elements of this compound spirit are anointed into us. And God mingles himself with our humanity. And then this issues in the expression or the appearance. We have God's image. We have his appearance so that we can express him. Hmm. I want to draw our uh, listeners' attention to his point that before the anointing, the tabernacle was just uh, essentially a tent with some wooden and uh, gold and bronze uh, components, but just isolated articles. The anointing really typified the adding of the divine essence, the divine element to something that was just uh, physical prior to that. That becomes important as we consider this next section. We're going to now jump. It seems like a jump, but I think it'll come clear as uh, we develop today. We're going to jump now to Genesis 18. Let me just read one verse here, a simple verse. And Jehovah appeared to him, that is Abraham, by the oaks of Mamre, and he sat at the tent door in the heat of the day. And, of course, the story goes on. They not only uh, had a visit together, they shared a meal together, and Abraham washed his feet. Uh, so had a lot of contact. And this was Jehovah appearing to Abraham as a man. That becomes very critical as we go on. Let's go back to Witness Lee. Before God became a man, it was so strange, one day he came to Abraham. 
in Genesis 18. God came to Abraham as a very close friend. And uh, God talked to Abraham just like a friend. And then Abraham served him with something just like a friend. And then when God was leaving, God would not leave quickly. God was lingering in his watching. And then Abraham was watching, accompanying him to see him off. God there was a real person because he had faith to wash. And uh, Abraham served water. God washed Abraham's faith and he also took a meal. It was made three measures, that means in a full measure of a meal. And God ate it. Think about it. The very divine God ate Abraham's lunch. Then didn't he need to digest? I couldn't understand it. Jehovah came to Abraham in the man form. Not only in the man form, just as a man. A real man. He visited his friend as a man. He talked to his friend as a man. He was served by his friend with firstly water, then a meal as a man. Abraham didn't pray to him. Abraham talked to him. Dear saints, things like these concerning the Lord's person, we could never figure out. No way to figure out. Not only at Abraham's tent, Jesus ate before he became a man. (laughs) Jesus ate before he became incarnated. Then after Jesus resurrected, he came back with a body at that very night. All of a sudden, no door was open. Jesus standing in the midst of the disciples. Some say, well, 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 this is a ghost. The Lord said, no, no, no. Touch, touch my side. The purse side. Touch the nail scar. That is a real body. A physical body. As a real body is so physical, the door was open. No. How then he came in? Yes, he came in. This is the wonderful person of Christ. Well, Bob, we've taken what seems like, I'm sure to our listeners, a rather mysterious turn in our message today. We began talking about the anointing of the items of the tabernacle with the holy anointing, and now here we are seeing uh, God appear as a man to Abraham before his incarnation and reappear uh, to the disciples from John chapter 20 or Luke 24 as a man after his resurrection. Bob, help try tie all these things together for us. Well, of course, we've been talking about this compound ointment, which requires that God pass through a process so that he could be consummated, to be the consummated spirit. And the first step in this process was that God became a man. And we see this, first of all, as you pointed out, in Genesis 18, when God appeared to Abraham before he was incarnated, born of the Virgin Mary, he appeared as a man, and he was a genuine man something that happened before the Incarnation. You might even say it was a temporary manifestation of God as a man, but it certainly announced God's desire and intention to be one with man and even to become a man. Eventually, after thousands of years later, God actually did become a man by the name of Jesus. And 
In his humanity, he passed through many experiences, which we call processes. These are the processes that God went through. And then the last step of his processes was his resurrection. And I think uh, many Christians are like me. They thought, well, when Jesus was resurrected, then he was no longer a man. Somehow he put off his humanity. But then we have this account in John 20 and Luke 24 where the Lord was appearing to his disciples in a mysterious way as a man with a real physical yet spiritual body. He could be touched. He ate fish. This is mysterious. We cannot explain it. But this again shows us God's desire not to merely remain forever as a divine person with only divinity. God's desire is to eternally be a man. So what about today? Is Jesus still a man? Well, yes, he is. So the triune God, after his passing through all his processes, is still a man. And he will be a God-man, God-yet-man for eternity. Bob, I think uh, I would just remind our listeners uh, to help tie this together. We start out with the tabernacle and the anointing compound. Now we're talking about Christ taking on humanity. And though certainly the flesh of sin or the sinful flesh was stripped away on Calvary at his death and crucifixion, but humanity was not, as you said. So that indicates, doesn't it, that his eternal intention is to mingle and carry humanity and divinity on into eternity. That's right. God's intention is not just to be God, but to be a God-man for eternity. And he is a God-man. And we have received this God-man, and this God-man, with his humanity and his divinity, plus his death and resurrection, is now anointing us today. Hmm. And that's where we have really come in this final section. I'm glad you uh, brought that up. I'll come back and remind our listeners of the verse we talked about a little earlier in 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. And you have an anointing from the Holy One, And all of you know, in verse 27, and as for you, the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. So the anointing, now there's an application, not just on the tabernacle, not just Christ adding divinity and humanity together, but even to us as his believers. Let's find out about this in this final portion. God need to go through some process to get himself processed, to get himself consummated that he could be complete. Not just perfect in quality, but also (laughs) complete in what he would be. He would never be for eternity just God. He liked to be a God-man for eternity. In eternity past, he was only God, not the God-man. But through the time element, he has gone through many processes. Then he got what? Consummated. He got complete. The completed God is just symbolized by the ointment. The ointment is something compounded with spices, at least four or five spices. Each spice is an element compounded of these four or five elements with the oil. 
then this completed or consummated God is the ointment. And this ointment is very much mentioned in 1 John chapter 2. The anointing that you have received, anointing here is a kind of moving, moving. The anointing is a kind of moving, moving of the ointment. This ointment is who? The completed God. The processed and compounded and consummated triune God. This is a big thing. My, this is the top provision God has ever prepared for his redeemed people. That is, God has gone through all the processes and he had himself fully consummated to be ready here as the spirit. Now he's ready. He's the spirit. He's ready. Within him, there is God. Within him, there is the proper man. And within him, there is redemption. Within him, there's impartation of life. Within him, there is the resurrection power. Within him, all the developments are here. Now, this is the top and biggest provision God has ever prepared for us. Now, our God just anointed us with this provision. Bob, to see this uh, presented in such a way, I think really elevates our view of the anointing, even as we maybe have read it before in 1 John chapter 2. It's more than just God moving to kind of indicate a direction we should follow or to teach us something, but what is moving within us is really this consummated, completed, and not just perfected God, isn't it? That's right, Chris. God in himself, in his divine person, he's perfect. But he's not completed in the sense that just as a divine person, he's not everything that he wants to be. He doesn't want to remain a divine person only. He wants to be a God-man. He wants to join himself to humanity, mingle himself with humanity, and become one with humanity. And in addition to this, he wants to be a compound ointment. He wants to be a compound life-giving spirit so that he can enter into all his chosen people and anoint them with elements of his divinity, his humanity, his death, his resurrection, and all the rich elements that he has obtained and added to himself through his processes, so that we can share in these elements and become God-men like him, so that he can be expressed in humanity for eternity. So, Bob, when the New Testament says that we can partake of his nature, this is what we're talking about, not his Godhead as an object of worship and those things you alluded to, but really his element, his life element or essence is what is available as our portion to be not just enjoyed, but to be added to us. That's right, Chris. Uh, God completed himself by becoming a man and passing through the processes. Now he is in us to anoint us with whatever he is as a completed God, so that we can participate in his elements, of course, never in his Godhead, as an object to be worshipped. 
Bob, I think I used this phrase earlier. I'll use it again to close with. A very elevated view. This is a view from a high point. And it takes in scenery that most of us have never perhaps seen before. But nonetheless, this is the Bible and how it unveils God's divine intention or what we would call his divine economy. That's right, Chris. It's marvelous. It is more than marvelous. It's more than our words can convey. We'd like to recommend the printed life study messages in this life study of the book of Numbers. If you'll contact us, our toll-free number will tell you exactly how you can receive it and what's included in this two-volume set of the life study of Numbers. And that toll-free number, one eight 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 life study that's 888-543-3788 for bob danker today i'm chris wilde thank you very much for listening You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee ministered the Word of God for over seven decades. Many consider these life studies as his seminal work, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible from the perspective of the believer's enjoyment and experience of God's divine life in Christ through the Spirit. If you'd like to find more about Witness Lee, these life study messages or any of the materials provided by Living Stream Ministry, please visit our website, lsm.org. That's lsm.org. You can also email us, radio at lsm.org, or call us toll-free, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. Thanks for listening today.